0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 944. Lower basements. Then, while looking for a place to sit and read, I discovered a small room tucked behind a piece of jutting shelving. It wasn't a reading hole, as I suspected. Inside were hundreds of large wooden spools wound about with knotted string. They weren't books precisely, but they were the Yilish equivalent. A thin layer of dust covered everything, and I had doubted anyone had been in the room for decades. I have a vast weakness for secret things, but I quickly found that reading the knots was impossible without first understanding Yilish. There were no classes on the subject, and asking around revealed none of master Linguist killers knew more than a scattering of words. I wasn't terribly surprised, considering Yill had been nearly ground to dust under the iron boots of the Aeturian Empire. The piece that remained today was populated mostly by sheep, and if you stood in the middle of the country, you could throw a stone across the border. Still, it was a disappointing end to my search. Then, several days later, Master Linguist summoned me to his office. He'd heard that I'd been making inquiries, and he happened to speak Yilish rather well. He offered to tutor me personally, and I gladly took him up on his offer. Since I'd come to the university, I'd only seen master Linguist during admissions interviews and when I was brought up on the horns for disciplinary reasons. Acting as the chancellor, he was rather grim and formal, but when he wasn't sitting in the chancellor's chair, Master Herma was a surprisingly deft and gentle teacher. He was witty, with a surprisingly irreverent sense of humor. The first time he told me a dirty joke, you could have knocked me over with a feather." Elodin wasn't teaching a class this term, but I began to study naming privately under his direction. It went more smoothly now that I understood there was a method to his madness. Count Thrape was overjoyed to find me alive and threw a resurrection party where I was proudly displayed to the local nobility. I had a suit of clothes tailored specifically for the event, and in a fit of nostalgia, I chose to have them done in the colors my old troop had worn, the green and gray of Baron Greyfellow's men. After the party, over a bottle of wine in his sitting room, I told Thrape of my adventures. I left off the story of Fulurian, as I knew he wouldn't believe it, and I couldn't tell him half of what I'd done in the mayor's service. Consequently, Thrape thought Alvaron had been quite generous in rewarding me. I didn't argue the point. That's the page and the chapter. I'm Jeremy.
1: I'm Jordana. No, I'm not. Uh, I don't know why I said that, because that's never been my name before. Uh, I'm Nick. Uh, Oh, boy. Or am I? Now I don't know what to believe.
0: (laughs) Uh, Nick's having an existential crisis, listeners. Uh, Stop by later. (laughs) Quoth is
1: interested in pursuing Yilish, and he is uh, being tutored by apparently the only person who can give him any Yilish advancement at the university, the Master Linguist. Hmm. Well, that's very uh, convenient. I'm sure hope that nothing happens to Master Linguist, because uh, (laughs) that would certainly prevent growth from learning Yilish and moving closer to his goal of understanding and maybe opening the lackless box.
0: Nick doing his like protection racket routine here. Boy, that's a nice master linguist you got over there. would be a shame, It'd be a real shame if uh, something unfortunate was to uh, happen to him at the end of this book, foreshadowing uh, darker events in the following book. Gee, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we all know you like a, uh, you like a nice uh, pat
0: conclusion, isn't that
1: right? <laughs> Isn't that right, Seamus?
0: I have to say, I love the conceit of the Yilish story knot. It's just, it's just like a wonderful, like surprising and delightful fantasy invention that, like, this culture tells stories and like records information not with like pen to paper, but by putting knots in in string, and then you read the knots.
1: It also works because it is a form of writing that is completely impenetrable to those who are not understood. It is a shibboleth, you might say. And how better to protect information from those who wish to expunge it by having it be completely inaccessible to anyone outside uh, the in-group? So this is perhaps the only bit of preserved knowledge in the archives that is probably immune to whatever force it is that's pruning the archives for information about the Emir and therefore the Chandrian
0: well now hold on there you're you're making some you're making some
1: absolutely setting up something for the next book it
0: is setting up something for the next book of that i have no doubt but you are making some assertions that i wish to dispute now the other piece of evidence that you omitted that lends weight to your claim here sir is that this is like a secret room that people seem to have forgotten about that's like covered in dust so i put it to you that at a previous time, when more people maybe understood the Yilish language, this not library was uh, more vulnerable to prune in by the emir because it was, you know, more well understood to be a book, you know, a, a store of information and people knew where to find it. So I think that only more recently has this knowledge fallen into disuse is all I'm saying.
1: It's also perhaps worth mentioning that it's very likely that you go down deep enough in the archives and it turns into the under thing. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, obviously, Quoth found a, a back room into the archives through the Underthing, but I wouldn't be surprised if Diablo One style, as you go deeper and deeper, it transitions into more and more Underthingy, and there's simply no no barrier. It just goes and goes. This is how Elden prefers to teach. I think that's very clear, and it also shows how how and why he resents having to teach the classes. But he prefers to have a one-on-one like student master relationship. Exactly, exactly. It seems like all of the administration of the university is beneath him. Probably prefers to teach this way. It's a bit of an older style. And he also, Kvothe has already passed the audition, so to speak.
0: Yeah, well, I kind of wonder if that's actually what the point of his class is, to to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff and see who in this year's crop of students, A has any interest in naming and B might actually be good at it to the point where it's worth trying to teach them.
1: I think it is, but I'll, I'll, I'll do you one further, which is that the class exists basically as lip service to them teaching naming, but it is impossible. Well, I don't know. Fella did it. It's maybe not impossible, but I think it isn't a a stretch to suggest that uh, a classroom curriculum is not the best way to go about teaching naming or is perhaps the absolute wrong way to go about teaching naming. So they maintain it and sort of Elodin begrudgingly agrees to teach it so that they can continue to say like, yes, we have naming on the curriculum and we Mm -hmm. have a master namer who teaches classes. They might be maintaining this class basically just so they can say, yes, we teach naming. Yes, we have our master namer on staff teaching the students. Um, And then it also has the, the secondary effect of being a bit of a, of the audition separating the wheat from the chaff, but hearing Elodin say like, go chase the wind seems to be, that's the, and like how receptive he is when Kvothe returns seems to be, that's the only way you can actually break through and, and make it to round two where you get to sit in a big comfy sofa chair with Elodin over some mead.
0: Yeah. I think that's definitely, definitely possible. There's an awful lot of like, just like information about characters and settings on this page. Cause like we get, the most information we'll, I think, we've ever gotten about Yil. There's further development of Quoth's kind of relationship with Elladan, and we also get a better sense of what the master linguist is like beyond being the guy who's sort of the the, the high the high judge, the supreme justice on the on the university's um, sort of administrative body.
1: Yeah, and I like this a lot. I've always sort of divided the masters into Kvoth's allies and Kvoth's enemies, and always kind of put Master Linguist like on the side of allies because mm-hmm. he does seem receptive and supportive of Koth. But it's nice to have them overlap closely and like see another side of him, right? Yeah, and that rings true to me because I don't know if you ever encountered like a teacher outside of class, or you know, if you have a friend who's a teacher and you see them teach, and then you you know you hang out with them later, but. They're very different, or even like do this exact same thing and have like a, a private tutorial with a prof, and you'll find that their style in the classroom or in the professional setting is very different from their actual uh, personal uh, personality. And so this this strikes me as very real and and very fun, and it's nice to see Quoth spending this time. Like this is Quoth thriving, right? This is Quoth's best life.
0: Yeah. Yeah if he didn't have an overriding obsession or one or two overriding obsessions, like this would be where he, this would be his happy place. Really?
1: It's true. But also aside from him being like, he's curious about the lackless box. Right. And I, I, he hasn't, I don't think he's explicitly put together, like pursuing the lackless box will be the continuation of my, uh, quest to find the Amir and therefore the Chandrian. But he, while he's interested and you know motivated to learn Yiddish. he doesn't seem like that's replaced his obsession and also as far as he knows the trail's gone cold right yes. So maybe he is just like maybe he has decided to hang up his hat so to speak and say well I came close but uh, you know there's a lot more learning to be done there's a lot more living to be done uh, my friends are here I have an income uh, it seems to be to me that he's a bit less motivated. To, to do that now to continue his 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 search his hunt
0: yes yes i think he's sort of waiting for the next uh clue to to drop right cuz mm-hmm. he you're right that like he sort of hit a dead end in his search for the chandrian and denna is simply gone and he has no real way to find her so the two things that would otherwise be occupying his mental space are gone so he's just loved to do the stuff that like he enjoys doing it like you know makes him you know fulfills him in other ways i really like the touch that when he has an opportunity to have a suit tailored he gets it in his troops colors that's very sweet
1: yeah yeah i like that too and it shows that he still has that pride he's still part of that it's interesting i guess he, he doesn't think of them as even though it's lord gray men he thinks of them as the color of his troop right like he doesn't seem to have a ton of association with lord gray No. I still wonder why he hasn't sought out Lord Greyfellow.
0: I suspect it's because Lord Greyfellow, like, wouldn't actually care that much. Like, think about how Alvaron reacted when he found out that a troop of people under his protection had been murdered on the road. He was like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. But, you know, it shit happens. Like, no big deal. You
1: know, I'll I'll hang the perpetrator, but only because it it looks bad if I don't.
0: Yeah. Only because he broke the law. But, like, you know, what could they expect, really? Um,
1: there's a theory going around that Thrape is too good to be true and that maybe he's the betrayer and he's the one who organized the shipwreck. Um, The chief bit of evidence among them being that Thrape is the one who caught up to Quoth and delayed him long enough for the mysterious pinch-faced man to get on the boat. I think that is uh, Hokum personally, but we'll see. He's certainly, he's he's as much a suspect as anyone else Um, there's nothing suspicious to me about his, uh, his behavior here, though, especially because Quoth doesn't feel like he can tell him the truth, the whole truth about what he did in the mayor's service. So, you know, Mm. as far as anyone is concerned, seeing as Thrape is his gateway to the nobility, as far as anyone is concerned, he was fairly compensated.
0: yes. Well, listeners, you can mark down a little notch on your on your tally for times where Nick has poo-pooed a crackpot theory and said, you know what? I think that one's hokum. I think he's exactly what he appears to be. I don't know that he's exactly what he appears to be, but I don't think that he's like a
1: a schemer. I think maybe he's a useful idiot for someone else. Maybe possibly if if that is where it's going. But it might also just be like he's a, you know, kind of a simple, well-meaning
0: guy. Mm. The curtains on Thrape's house are blue, and that's all that matters.
1: So in my role as Jordana, I suppose I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the chapter title. You would be remiss. Uh, The title of this chapter was Sword and Shade, uh, spelled in the classical sense, in that it is Uh, S-H-A-E-D. So-called because he stows his sword in the under thing, and then his conversation about the shade... With Elodin prompts his uh, his naming tutelage. I don't know if there's any more to it than that.
0: i still my sword and your under thing. Ooh, Jeremy, <laughs> buy me dinner first. <laughs> I am a simple man. I am not proud. Um yeah, that's that's it. It's sword and Shade. I like Sword and Shade as a title too, because it has the same sort of appealing rhythm and and uh, sound qualities as like sword and shield. But you know those are those are his raiment you know, i could picture a poem written in like Homeric uh hex uh hexameter fire-haired clothth took up his sword and shade and went out to do x y and z
1: it has the same energy as uh mutiny on the insight
0: valor ballad <laughs> <It's invalid. laughs> yes absolutely do we wanna uh, read a letter today or do we think we're good?
1: uh we can read a letter this is a letter from uh john from ventus from the discord who writes on renaming Quoth, ho the pagers apropos of the discussion of Quoth becoming coat i had heard that the v and the h of his name had been removed but not that they stood for voice and hands not sure where to land on that aspect of it seems a bit trite for office at the end of the slow regard of silent things auri thinks about how she can repay Quoth for all he's done for her and decides that if his name becomes too much of a burden, that she will give him a new one, like he did for her. At another point, Chronicler thinks back to something that he heard about Quoth that he had to trick a demon to get his heart's desire, and then fight an angel to keep it. It seems to me utterly plausible that Auri should become an angelic figure in the telling and retelling of the more legendary and grandiose versions of Quoth's adventures, and also that Davy's nickname isn't Demon, just for fun alliteration. Peace, signed John from Vintus. I hate to think of him fighting. What it would mean, even in a mistranslation, him to fight Auri, Although her as an angelic figure certainly fits, her hair being described as a halo, for example, is pretty, pretty clear and cut and dry. Ditto to a uh, demon Devi. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know how to square that circle. I don't know what that would actually look like. We need the
0: book. We need the book. If nothing else. Think of the delicious tragedy. Think how Jordana will weep if Quoth has to kill Auri or ends up killing Auri by accident in book three.
1: Oh, I think Auri is like, is doomed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's too good for this world.
1: Kind of, yeah. Well, she's also one of the few figures that would spur Quoth to like deeply rash action, right? If Aury were threatened or harmed, Quoth in his anger would do something completely, completely destructive, don't you think? Hmm. It seems in your anger you named her. She's one week from retirement. She's got a picture of her <laughs> sailboat. <in> her <laughs> she's pocket. describing
0: what she's going to do. know that she has time to spend with her wife and kids.
1: She's also the other thing is that she is capable of defending herself if need be. Right. So whatever it is, if it does put her in harm, if it, she doesn't up in harm's way, or you know, even better, if Quoth has to like make a choice between her and Denna, that's perhaps the most delicious one—a Sophie's choice, you might say. As much as Auri is, you know, cherubic and angelic and and perfect, I do not think of her as being, like, a damsel in distress, right? I do not think of her as someone who will, like, be put in danger and need rescuing. I can see Kvothe as, like, thinking that she's in danger and needing rescuing, but it's clear to me, especially after reading Slow Regard, that she is very capable of taking care of herself. She has Kvothe. her own resources. Exactly. And she is, like, deeply, magically powerful in her own way.
0: Yes, I agree with that.
1: They alluded to it yesterday, but have we ever talked about ex- what we're going to
0: do with Slow Regard? Uh, I think that that's a conversation we should have offline before we say rash things on the air. All right. Well, uh, listeners, uh,
1: my rash is on my lower back. Uh, it has a, a light burning sensation. There's a little bit of uh, sort of a hivey. Uh, situation to it, some some raised bumps. Ooh, could it be shingles? It might be. It might be. Anyway, what's uh, let's continue our rash conversation, Jeremy?
0: Would you like to share yours? I mean, I did have shingles once, and that's basically what kind of what it felt like. It's like a radiating outward from my spine, like along the nerves. Uh, they were like mm. it. It turned into like pustules. It was not good.
1: Oh well, we love pust. You know your you know your rash conversation is going in the right direction when the pustules arrive. Mm
0: -hmm. Listeners, you can pop our pustules on tomorrow's page. Too
1: bad Jordana's not here. She would really enjoy that one. (laughs) The wind. Bye.